you went to the the studio and you picked up your things you know and you ran into some other people of course everything with masks right it had to be all very tightly organized you, you only certain amount of people number of people could be in the studio certain you had to of course keep your distances disinfect and it was all difficult it wasn't where you could just all get together and hug right this this wasn't possible also another thing that made it really hard uh, in that sense but yeah so it was definitely when you when i went to the studio and saw the studio for the last time ran into a couple of people and um yeah that was definitely a bit of a harder um you know the time where it really sank in like this this uh this is it my guest today is sabina heller she is currently the global head of character animation and rigging at Micros Animation and worked incredible 12 years in the rigging department at Blue Sky Studios until its recent closure. Together, we talk about her rigging career from a junior to the head of characters, her experiences at Blue Sky Studios, the feature animation films she worked on and the final days of a legendary studio in 2021. You are listening to The 21 Artist Show, a podcast that inspires creatives to make meaningful content to pursue their passion. I'm talking with creators, artists and engineers about their careers, lessons they have learned and how to make an impact. I'm your host Alexander Richter, I'm a technical director and coach in visual effects, animation and games. For more content, go to 21artistshow.com. Enjoy the show. Still mentioning it as the one film I most enjoyed working on because it was absolutely challenging. It was stressful, and uh, it's one of those nostalgic things where I look back and it was all wonderful and great. But I know there were there were tense times, tense, tense times there. There from you know you know a couple of artists within the rigging team not having the greatest time, not getting along, having. A, big difficulties being a mediator in that um to like having a meeting with the, <laughs> the pr production manager um every almost every single day uh, which was unusual at that point for i would say um uh, i was still started out as a show lead on that show and making sure that they knew and trusted and it was really close trust relationship there as well because one of the things that i said we have to do is we, we have to make one of the one of the kids and from that kid we create all the others fast but we have to spend the time on this one kid and we can't start anything else until this guy's figured out and that decision was stressful for production management it was stressful for all of us <laughs> but uh, it was the right thing to do because it worked out and that was great but there were, were a lot of those um things and during that show the character development supervisor who was actually came from animation he was uh basically responsible for working closer with rigging and making sure that characters are appealing, but also uh, can perform to the degree that, that animation wanted. Th that person uh, really worked a lot with. He, he left, unfortunately. Um, but what it basically, what happened is that uh, I, I was asked if I would step into that role. And that was really interesting because it was a, a position that was always in basically uh, an animator 
with an animation background had that position. And this was uh, a really, for me also, a huge trust um, uh, compliment in some ways that the animation crew felt that I, like I would be a good person for this role. So and I, I, during that, that film, I kind of also stepped up and then went into that role and also got a credit for that. And that was really interesting because it was really uh, the start of something like really being so closely in between rigging and animation and modeling, like super close with those departments and figuring this out together, which brings us back to this, like one of the, the big uh, responsibilities was also making sure that uh, notes were handled um, in a good way. There was a lot of making sure that um, the collaboration work, the the relationship between the departments, making them better. And there were a lot of uh, challenges in that area. And uh, it's it was really something where you can see it kind of comes in a, together in the sense that uh, what I had observed at the beginning and what it was always one of those things I felt like made, made working better and making more fun as well, became a little bit more of my my role in that sense in a, in a supervisor position. So that was for me a little bit of the the big the big change and how how I um, changed a little bit my, my career in a specific direction. It makes sense because basically, as we as we established in the beginning, it was something that you already, when you started, felt the need and the passion about, like focusing on these connections and and all this stuff. So it's basically it feels like a, a continuation, basically, from your career, from starting that and then always adjusting to the direction that you felt was was more what you what you actually want. And you were definitely lucky that that the animation department didn't ask you for animations or something like that to 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 really sure like okay. We 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 want you for this role. Show me show me your animation skills, Sabina. You're like, well, I was very clear with them that my <laughs> skills are not in the animation, and they knew that. But they also knew that uh, they saw, or at least uh, I'm I'm putting words in their mouth, but I think they saw probably a benefit in uh, having somebody with that more technical knowledge. The the person before that had actually that technical knowledge, but. Uh, was an animator who learned much more about rigging and got really into that. And for me, it was a little bit more of the, the other direction. But one of the other things in that role was to basically take a look also on early on in productions at models and uh, doing some expression tests, basically modeling them and, and taking a look at uh, how, how, how well that could work, how that could look, finding the look for that with the animation supervisors. So it was a very interesting uh, role. I actually enjoyed it very much. I think uh, that, that was such a, it was a very fun, it was stressful, but also a very fun job. But it did definitely uh, um, get very hands off at some point. I did still do those those model passes, but the other work became extremely intense. Uh, working with the the two the, or two and a half departments, I'd say, uh, working figuring out how to um, do those rigs from a technical and, and um, artistic standpoint and finding you know, this, this appeal together with the modeling department. That became definitely a huge um, amount of work. And so my hands-on work got uh, 
less over time, which I had actually struggled with at that point in time. It was a little hard for me to not do so much anymore. And uh, because I, I always felt like one of those important things for me was always that I, I, I know how to do things. So I know how to talk about things. Right? I've always been someone more uh, from, from that angle, maybe the, the old fashioned way you do things and then you can lead those things. Um, if you have never done them, then that for me, like I, I felt like I needed that for my own credibility as well. And the respect um, that I wanted to, in some ways have for myself, you know, that I knew that. And, but that, that is one of those things that unfortunately became less and less. And that is something that I really struggled with at that point in time. And like, understand, is this really, can I let it go? Am I going to be okay with this? And that's where it uh, was really um, interesting because it took years to, I would say, to get there. And it just went then to my next role um, as the head of characters at Blue Sky Studios, which I, uh, I think I, that was about maybe three years ago that I started that, um, where it became more clear for me what I really wanted to do and um, that it probably is going to be not so much hands-on in some areas anymore. It's actually something I feel like a lot of people struggle with. That's one of the hurdles when you start to become lead, head, supervisor, is this feeling of I'm I'm the the alpha of the pack, or I I'm managing other people, and and but I'm not not the best anymore. Or I'm like, am I capable of managing them? Because maybe I lost uh, kind of the the train here a little bit, you know, like basically if, if yeah. you change technology a little bit or there's no th new things that you never touched before and suddenly you are the one who kind of tells people to do things or even like maybe in a specific way, but you actually maybe read it or kind of osmosed it from somewhere and you just kind of like, like spitballing a little bit in a way. So I feel like this is something that everyone like leads have. I noticed that you have that also if you become a lecturer or a coach or something, if you are not as much uh, like involved in, in practical work, you're like after like a year or two, I noticed when I did my master classes, I was like, it helped me a lot to collect my knowledge for the masterclass during work at Weta, for example. And, uh, and then when I, but when I will do it like for one or two years, I will get the feeling of I'm losing touch to to skills and sometimes like my students getting better than i do and it's like how, can i even teach them because i feel like they already asked me question that like i don't know and i, I think also the same yes. thing happens for producers i feel that's actually one of the feelings i sometimes have with them is that they um they feel a little bit alienated in this environment sometimes at least that's my feeling because they are a lot of times have zero connections to any departments they come more from a business management background and i mean it's super hard i imagine every time uh, to kind of like oh i have to to do timing for the rigging department or for the whole process i have no clue of any of them i have no clue of uh, how exactly the details is but i have to, to put it into hours or something or into money or something and i feel like this is actually something that they they struggle also a lot because they, uh, they they have no background to to rely on. You know, they cannot like they come to you as a as a head or as a lead and then a supervisor, and they're like, oh, you have I don't know three weeks for this, and you say, nope, I need I need three months, and they're like, okay, and then and then there's this situation like they have no clue, 
but they have like a like a client or something and now they have to they have to argue without without being actually on 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 the side you know what i mean it's like you know if you argue with animation and rigging you have two sides they want they, they both have a specific wish in, in production i always feel like you are in the middle of two people and you're just a meditator and a mediator and you're like okay but i don't have the knowledge of them so i it's hard for me to argue for one of them but i have to do that's my job and so it's i, I also imagine this is kind of a hard job and i think that's why a lot of people are like have a hard time also in that and i feel like they all all go through that just in different capacities you know some are just as you mentioned some are already on their way and they're they are already leads even if they start as a junior that you can feel it you know and some uh, fight really hard when they do the switch because they are used to do their own thing and they just to 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 show to show how good they are and then suddenly they're responsible for other people so i feel like this this is a a typical thing and um yeah it's interesting to to kind of talk about that and to to share a little bit of light that this exists yeah. it's not something that that you like one person has or you personally have and no one else yeah and, and it's it's interesting because i think um it's also priorities for me you know they changed over the years as well i would say at the beginning of my career i couldn't have imagined just you know like not doing this this my my art my craft you know that was not something but over the years i think i just had different priorities from a standpoint of what i liked you know what i was became interested in and um i definitely think that um and maybe that's that's actually a little bit apparent and and i'm, I'm not sure if you knew that but i uh, did like what was that in a while ago now as uh, six seven years ago i decided to um to, I was interested in learning more about the collaboration and uh, um, the works within an animation studio and how especially people, you know, that are working in different areas are working together and uh, how they see their, you know, they have their basically ownership or authorship over things and how they feel strong about things and how they, they navigate that in the production studio. And one of the, the things I decided to actually go back to school on the side and do my PhD in that and basically research that area. And that shaped me a lot of well, a lot as well because I learned a lot about um, organization and about how things, people collaborate within those kind of structured and structures. And that was something that then also, um, for example, influenced me in like, okay, I think for the future, this is a little bit more what I would like to do. And, and as a head of uh, characters, which I became three years ago, one of the big things that I um, was, was asked to do is look at the current organizational structure at Blue Sky and see how uh, this we could improve things, how we could work better together. And one of the things I... And that was, it was a big, you know, also risk in some ways. But one of the things I proposed was getting the, uh, instead of having all those individual departments, having one character's department that has different disciplines in it. So it had like the modeling, rigging, the um, costume creation, the, uh, um, the, the, the surfacing of materials and the um, fur aspect of it in, in, in the same department, which... 
I then became basically the, the head of to, to lead that, that large team of uh, 50 people at some point, very, I think. And uh, to have all those five different disciplines in there, which was very interesting, but managing it more from a standpoint of that we, we, we all together create that character in a more holistic sense. And uh, it was a, a very interesting task and uh, a very interesting um, challenge in a lot of ways to to get us work together and I took a really long look with and of course a lot of people helped with that to figure out how we could organize it so we we had new ways of working and like more what we called um, um, rounds where we had or we, we called them squads at that point where we basically had uh, but, the, the people that worked on the characters from the different disciplines worked together on it in a more of a group setting. Um, sure, they would still work on their own thing, but they would come together and there would be this, this exchange. And we would also say we would want to see things uh, more holistically faster. So instead of first doing the model and then at some point get into the rig and then at some point and basically having all of this more separated, more linear to have it a little bit more in the parallel, which is of course hard to do with a lot of management and can also be difficult if you know you have a lot of hoops to jump through. But I think the communication that I wanted to enable a little bit more between those uh, those those disciplines and the other departments was something that helped. And so we were trying to get, for example, a rig in really early, testing the proportions with it, then adjust the model, having maybe a texture on, already having the input of one of the texture artists to give us a little bit of an input. Hey, you know, I think this is not going to work for us so well. Could could I have the, the nails as a separate, you know, as a separate um, mesh, you know, those kind of things and have this a little bit more in a, in a different way organized. And, and that was definitely something, uh, that was very challenging. It wasn't, um, uh, easy. And of course, because I took on, um, you know, this, this new role, there was not much time left anymore to do really hands-on work. But I learned a lot about the other disciplines, and that's exactly also what you were saying. You know, I had not never groomed a character, right? I had not built a costume in Marvelous Designer. So I definitely had my leads in that area that were the experts, and I learned a lot from those conversations and also from the team. And uh, doing all of this while we were in the uh, pandemic and remote world, a lot of it. <laughs> So it was a very huge challenge, but what I realized during that time is that, and I, I guess in some ways I was especially forced to think about it after Blue Sky was closed, is what do I want to do next and what do I like? Do I like going back to just rigging a character, which was fun, right? Do I like um, to, you know, or do I like to actually do something more like what I had done in the couple of uh, last years where it's more about um, b maybe building some things up, helping to make um, more of a difference in the sense of enabling artists to do their best work or helping with it. And I mean, I'm definitely not, you know, nobody has all the answers, but helping, being a person that can help try new things out or improve old things that already worked very well. And being in a position where I could, um, you know, build that up 
And uh, maybe in some areas where it didn't work so well yet, maybe in some areas where, as I said, from learning from others where it already worked well. And that's where I feel like my, um, my decision of what I would do next was very much influenced by. The one point that you, you mentioned, I always felt it's the connection, for example, with pipeline, because that's one of the things that I, I love about pipeline is you see all the departments and you see all the interconnections and how valuable it is to have this connection. And so when you, when you mentioned that you created, that you are part of this department or this department was created around you that like takes all the aspects and tries to to think ahead and how we interact, how they can be used parallel, because it is called pipeline, but it actually is like the worst pipeline in the world if it is built like a pipeline, actually. It is it is like a <laughs> the bottleneck, basically. That's that should be called. So I think that's that's something fantastic when I when I hear something like this departments or like positions exists because I feel like this is something we still miss a little bit, the interconnecting people um, who who oversee it and it's a hard job as we mentioned before is this like you have this situation where you have no clue what they're doing you never touched this kind of area before but you are the one who tells them in a way like where to go next for example so i feel like you need a specific like amount of skills and a specific personality even um to to be able to handle all this all of this basically and so we mentioned before education and you mentioned that you did a PhD, which uh, <laughs> is like, sounds like ridiculous uh, during work. <laughs> I mean, it is like a full-time job, both. Um, so I'm curious about that. First one is like, what was the topic of your dissertation? And second one is how did it bleed over? Like all this knowledge that you, that you got from there, how did it like help you or did you felt that it helped you in some ways, capacities in your roles? Yes, I think it's, it's really interesting um, for, yes, it was a lot of work. Maybe let's put it like this first. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I know that at first was like, okay, this is kind of a little bit of a, a huge um, uh, undertaking. And I know that a lot of people uh, or like, you know, friends and, uh, you know, my husband definitely was like, okay, but I know you, you know, you, you can't, you can do it, but it's going to be a lot of work. And I, I knew that, and, uh, but it is something that I felt like I got so interested in this and I really, really want to do it. And, and my, you know, just so, you know, my, the title of the, the dissertation is very long, uh, as a lot of them are, but basically it's because it has to be a little bit descriptive. So it is uh, the creative and technical contribution of female and male below the line practitioners to the collaborative process in the American 3D animation feature film industry. And what was cool is it was a, a new, kind of a, a little bit of a new approach. Uh, it took a, what, what's, it's like a different way of approaching this, a production studies approach. And uh, it was based on um, interviews with practitioners uh, in, in the industry. So I actually interviewed a lot of people for this, this dissertation to get some of the, and, and it's not a 
quantitative uh, analysis. So it's not wasn't about how you know a huge amount of people that I would get. It was more about a more qualitative approach. Um, um, well, actually, I don't ever really know how to pronounce it qualitative or qualitative, but whatever it is, it is more um, about the in more in-depth uh, interviews and, and understanding processes uh, and not so much about also making a, a lot of, um, you know, um, generalizations from it. That was not my goal. It was more to get an in-depth insight into the thinking of, of people. And that, and, and that helped me in a lot of ways to uh, understand a little bit more of, of what some of the common difficulties are, some of the challenges. But what the thinking is about, um, you know, for example, how people want to work, how they currently work. And that, I would say, has shaped me a, a little bit just from a standpoint of that um, I, I, I honestly would have never, never thought that I could have used any of this in my job. The, the head of character's job came so much later. I mean, I started this when, I, it took me six years to work on this, just so you know. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a tough one, I think. Um, you know, normally I think you can do your PhD full-time maybe in three and part-time you do it in five and it took me a year longer to do six because I still had a full-time job, right? But uh, it, uh, so it was just weekends and after work and vacations. But what is, uh, what was uh, incredible was that I actually got a job and could use some of that knowledge in there, which was uh, not something in any way I would ever have thought when I started uh, this, this, this PhD uh, research. What was your main motivation? Because uh, like it, it happened to be connected. And I mean, probably there is this, this thing of like just doing things because I like it. You know, this podcast is one of the things. It's like so much investment of time and effort. But I, I, I kind of, after I did the first episodes, I literally was like, you know what? Yeah. If I go back to YouTube or something, that's definitely one of the things I would do, uh, whatever, whatever it come out of it. So what was your original motivation to spend so much time into that, basically? Oh, well, the original motivation was definitely that I, and it came again a little bit from this, this, this work between the different departments and how people feel invested in their work and how sometimes they feel strongly about their works to the, to the degree that, that uh, you know, there can be conflict between, for example, rigging and animation, but also how they, you know, some people, you know, it was, was difficult to collaborate in that, that sense, but also how production made it sometimes harder and sometimes it made it easier. And I just wanted to, that was kind of my motivation just from this experience also with um, primarily actually in between animation and rigging, which also where uh, my, my group that I focused on in in this uh, thesis and in the, with the interviewees. So I, I, I basically interviewed animators and um, riggers in that sense. I wanted to see if there are also differences in how they uh, are basically also feel creative because that was also one of the big topics. I wanted to find out how do people feel that they can live their creativity in their job. And I also definitely 
felt there was always a little bit of a difference between rigging and animation and how also the visibility of those two uh, job sections they, that all belong to making a, a film together. And I wanted to look more into that. That's what really interested me. And I also am I'm definitely somebody, as, as I mentioned before, that I, I do really in, enjoy, you know, sometimes working a little bit more theoretically, which is not something so much what I got to do in the job. And um, so I did want to kind of activate my, you know, my brain a little bit in that area. And uh, uh, it was a, a lot of fun, a lot of work, but also a lot of fun because it was something very different and something I, I learned um, to work in a more um, academic um, from perspective. And, and uh, that was... Uh, extremely beneficial for for me personally but also as it turned out in in my job and and i guess it wasn't so far-fetched that maybe at some point i would have a job that kind of touches on it but i think um i since the topic is, is, is very close and it is within the animation industry but as i said i was not uh, expecting it to be that close in basically figuring out how can people um, work together better, collaborate better. And that was one of the things that was at the heart of my thesis. And it was interesting that I got the opportunity to figure something out um, at Blue Sky to, to help improve that process. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Because again, like PhD, everyone thinks like, oh my God, like, like you, you hold your career normally for that and uh, do that, but do it as a part-time. And then like... I, what I like about that, and I feel like this is something I see with a lot of successful people, is like they do just things because, you know, it's not always the like they they are as you as you were they are focused, and they like you did a lot of steps where you like okay I apply in, in US I will do that I will do things to get somewhere, but they also do things that feel random or at least a, like a crazy <laughs> investment in in something where you're like how is it connected to something. You know, it kind of, yeah. so, and, and you invest like in this case, six years, for example. Um, but at the end of the day, it's only, only the, the thing, how you twist it, basically, you know, a lot of times that you did, you find out later that it will help you in a lot of situations, you know? So for example, um, when I was starting to do lectures, I was like, I don't like lecturing because it's boring. It's kind of like after like some time you repeat yourself, it's like having the same presentation, like five times a year, each year, again and again, and it's boring. But when then then I kind of noticed like I was so interested in um, like social dynamics in how people behave, what is your inner motivation, basically like what drives us and how conflicts arise and stuff like that. And so I noticed like, you know what? I love to teach people to their own goals and to their own skill levels. So, so like one of the things that I do, if I'm doing like, even if I teach someone Python, I actually ask them, what's your goal? What's your motivation? Because I don't want you to, to learn things that are not necessary for you and also that are boring for you. You know, so I would rather custom make something for them or at least kind of give them a, an opportunity so they go their own way a little bit, but in a in a defined kind of uh, road, you know, and that yes. made, made a big difference from from something I enjoy, but I, I cannot imagine doing more than one or two years to something I'm like, you know what, I still can learn a lot of things by teaching and I can still do this individual uh, approach and 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 
like like get like my needs served of of like every time a little bit a different challenge kind of you know it's not always the same topic that i repeat myself so i feel yes. this is also a little bit that that enjoyment that you you bring and have in that one but you you started things and then you you connect them at the end of the day and this is something i feel like it's it's the best way you can do like it's, you should you should always see every every experience that you have as something that 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 you can integrate and there will be a time in your life where you have the chance and uh, if you take it you can suddenly integrate something that you learned five years ago or something like that yeah agreed and also i think it's if it's something you know that uh, you know you, you you're either really passionate about or you start becoming really interested interested in then um even though it is a lot of work it is kind of your you it's a fun activity in a lot of sense and if you can combine it with your job i mean that's even better right then then it becomes really some you know and work is there's always aspects that are definitely work <laughs> But then there's also right. It's it's about um, um, those things. You know, they they I do them, and I think that's that's what a lot of people do. Right? They 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 are passionate about it. They're interested in something, and that motivates you. And then it's awesome if that kind of aspects of that make it back into your job. So for me, it was always a little closely related. And I'm I'm you know in some ways you know it's it's. Definitely, and again, right? There is that 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 idea of the luck or creating so, some opportunities, and I think uh, that's that's where that comes in as well, right? Sometimes those opportunities come up, and then um, it's like, okay, great, that's what I was hoping for. Okay, now I'm gonna take the step and do that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, hopefully, no one is starting it now to do like seven PhDs at the same time. It's like, <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm creating my own luck. I will do a PhD in every direction and see what sticks. Um, it, it, I think there's still this determination. You still have to follow the the feeling that you have as much as you as you can find them. But you, I, I always say, you have to invest more to get something. You know, it's always this kind of you have to pre-invest always. It's not that yeah. suddenly someone comes to you and said, for your case, for 100 percent sure, uh, no one came to you and it's like, Sabina, we have a position for you. That's why we fill it. You know, like, no, it, it was no. never like like oh, there's an opening. Uh, we need to to push someone into that, especially on this lead. Something they're I think they're more meticulous and more picky, and so it's more like you know what we already saw this lead character in you. We already saw this how how well you interact with even other departments, and that's why we we feel like you basically you basically are already there. We only give you the title now, basically, and I feel this is something you have to see. Um, and nowadays, even more, I feel like um, this, you have to invest more than you think. And you have to actually show yourself already there, like literally, so people can say, recognize that. Because the, the, a lot of frustration I see a lot of times in a lot of situations also, like coming into the industry is like, oh, I no one, no one gives it me a chance. No, There are too many doors or the doors are too high or whatever. Um, I always see like, yeah, but then I say like, Everyone will hire you and give you whatever position if you already if they're already there, you know, if you already do the quality, if you already basically show that you do the job, basically, which means in a lot of time more than you actually should do. Yes. You know, and yes. I feel this is something important. I feel, I feel like you're an example for that. Yes, it, it definitely is, has always been a little bit like this. Uh, you know, you do more than you, you're maybe supposed 
you know, supposed to in that one role. And then, but it always takes people to also recognize that, right? That's, so that's, I think, the big thing. And I think that's, I've been very lucky with that. And I think Blue Sky has, um, at least for me, has been really good in that sense that they did see that, that I went the extra mile in some areas. I also sometimes did, I, I would say I was often proactive. I proposed uh, a lot of the positions that I, at the end I, I, you know, that were created or that, that might have, you know, then been opened up and be interviewed for. I did inform a lot of the the uh, responsibilities for some of those roles. So there's definitely a lot of that proactivity involved as well. But then also having, and that's a big thing, right? Having the people that recognize that. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's always a little bit of both. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely happy how, how uh, um, you know, I, I, as I said, I wasn't, wouldn't have expected this, you know, if you had asked me like 15, 16 years ago when I started with this, uh, uh, in my first job, you know, I wouldn't have expected to be where, what I'm doing now, but definitely not. But that's also part of it. I, I love that in some ways too, because, um, as I said, priorities change over the years and you want to do different things. You become diff interested in multiple aspects of your job or maybe in something completely different. And for me, it's always kind of related to the job, but uh, it was slightly, slightly different um, focuses. Yeah, I think that's also the way of how you keep yourself interested, you know, the way yeah, of how you, 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 you keep growing by, by uh, creating yeah. new challenges that are still takeable, uh, but kind of create a different angle on that. It was basically when we talked with Tutzelmann, she was like, kind of like, yeah, um, after like five to 10 years, you have to like a little bit rethink what you do uh, if you didn't already through the steps, because at the end of the day, you you get stuck very fast and then you maybe don't notice that and then you get passive and and then that's the basically the the way of of like really get stuck when you get passive and then like like you cannot progress if you get passive for example why should someone yes. suddenly say like oh you're now this especially in this industry because it's not a seniority industry per se you know where like you know if you work for bosch or something like that the longer you're there that automatically you get stepped up um, so I feel that that's some, something uh, really important. So basically, we are arriving at the end of the tracks here. So we, we already like the last like, like 10 years of your 10, close to 12 years now. So what were like the last year or two at the end and there was a, like big changes coming? Yeah, it was definitely large changes. I mean, some of them were... Um, influenced by the different, uh, you know, of one of the big ones was, of course, that Disney had uh, acquired uh, Blue Sky Studios as part of the big merger with uh, 20th Century Fox. So that was big part. So there were definitely ch changes from that side. Um, and uh, but the the other changes were then, of course, also the uh, and I think that's for everybody in the industry, we, the impact of the COVID and uh, the work from home. Uh, from us, it was especially interesting because I had just uh, 
we had just changed our department into the characters department and we had just started working in a different way and there is still was still a lot to figure out and I had you know we, we had so many things planned I had this document that like outlined certain things and I had met with the um, actually my, one of my last meetings which was uh, made a bit of an event of it it was in the city. That was just when you started hearing things about COVID and, you know, and we were in the city and we, we had a really great meeting and figuring stuff out together. Um, and also, uh, be, become a, a, a close knit team, you know, so basically it was all the, the leads from the different disciplines and uh, our managers. And so we had a really good session. I had this big document with everything outlined. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, we all were at home. And that lasted until basically the, the end of uh, uh, Blue Skies Days, uh, which, which was uh, at the you know, April, April this, this year. And the um, uh, interesting thing was interesting thing was that we had to, of course, figure out how do you work from home, but also we just had formed a different organizational structure. How do we make that work? from home right where people you know knew each other but there were still a lot of people that had never really worked together in this team of those 50 people and how do you make this one large team how do you get people to know each other in that sense and uh, grow closer and really form this collaborative uh, yeah entity in some ways and and start reorganizing some of those things now also not only that it's difficult if you're in your usual setting now how you do this when you're remote and that was one of the big things i mean we were we were really uh, fortunate in the sense that um blue sky had already started the uh work from home initiative for before that so it was uh Took a little bit, but it was relatively uh, fast, actually, that we got up to speed and got our things set up at home. So that wasn't, you know, of course, there were still a lot of things to figure out, no doubt. And especially for the the, the IT team, which, uh, you know, and, and the facilities team that all made all of the stuff happen. Um, kudos to that amazing job and had to work really hard to make this all possible. But the, the, for me, the challenge was then to, okay, all of the stuff I have in this wonderful document I created is basically kind of like, can I throw out? So I have to take the essence of it and then figure out how can we do this in a remote world. And that was definitely challenging, but I would say that um, we just got kind of in the, in the groove of it. There were some really good things as well about it. For example, personally, I was really concerned about how do I grow close with those teams? You know, how do I, uh, because some teams knew me better. I mean, the rigging team knew me pretty well. The, the, the modeling team knew me pretty well. I had really great ties with animation, uh, but from my own new department with, with, uh, those aspects, you know, for example, wanted to also be close to the fur team and the costumes team and the, the materials team. And I knew individual people in there, but I wanted to know, get to know everybody better. And uh, it was interesting because I was concerned about this. I had planned to meet with, with all of them in the meeting room or individually. And it was funny because I had a lot of those little meetings with them. And because everybody was now on a little square on screen, it did still feel kind of 
intimate in a way so that you could meet and get to know people, which I didn't expect. I feel like I, I almost got more time to, to meet with them than maybe I would have had in the company, which is odd. And I was really, really busy. I had lots of meetings, like literally every half hour, different meeting, morning to evening. But what was really interesting is I think sometimes it was also about meeting rooms in our you know, can we get that meeting room? Oh, it doesn't work. So we don't have a meeting place to meet up and all of those things. And that fell out, was all gone. So it, in some ways, some of those things did actually work out, not the way I expected, but better than I had initially anticipated. So that was very interesting. And of course, some things um, didn't work so well, you know, stuff I had plant that that was just not not really couldn't be done that same way anymore you know we had some 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 activities where we would interact with each other but uh, this was more physical you know physical in the sense that you're together in a room and, and maybe do something uh then so we had to change this to do this with the the remote means but it actually turned out that I thought in a, in a good way and we had some uh, good things going on. However, what I think was, uh, I wish we could have had a little more time because we had just started also on a new production. But it's funny because we were still working on Nimona um, and we had worked in the characters area for a long time on that film. But then we were about to go to a next film. And uh, I, that was basically the opportunity to start it all fresh up from the ground up. And unfortunately, you know, the initial uh, half year went really well, I thought. And people, I think I got some good feedback from them saying how they like uh, a lot of the new ways of working, which was great. But uh, it was, uh, we could never really pull it all the way through a whole production, which is too bad because I would have liked to see how this worked and what kind of adjustments we would have had to make and how uh, people, what people thought about it. So we couldn't do that. And that, that was a little sad. I would have loved to see that. Welcome to our short mid-episode Coffee Break. If you love the content and would like to have a successful career in the film or games industry yourself, check out my website 21artistshow.com. There you can find helpful articles, masterclasses and coaching opportunities that help dozens of my students to bring their profession to the next level. That's all. Check out 21artistshow.com and share the podcast with cool people you know. Let's continue with the episode. When was it announced? In February or so, I think, uh, that uh, the, the studio was closed, which was, of course, a big, um, a big hit for everybody. Because we, after all, we were, a lot of people had worked at the company for a very long time and we were close. Um, people always said it's the Blue Sky family. And I, I agree, there was definitely that vibe at the, at the studio. Yeah, April 2021. That was one of the things is actually Disney um, gave everybody two extra months. So the actual last, very last day was uh, in some ways um, in April, um, which was actually very nice, you know, that allowed everybody to um, finish some things up um, in, the, in the sense of, you know, they, we were allowed to get um, 
material for our demo reels and, and those kind of things. And we had a lot of access to our recruiters did an amazing job helping making connections with others, even though they were also out of a job, right? But uh, they still helped uh, people, um, you know, with that. There were still, you know, we sometimes had a couple of meetings just to support each other in a sense. And so that was really good. I think that that was nice and it was great that it wasn't like, um, you know, sometimes you hear those and really, yes, horror stories where it's literally like today we announce it and, uh, and an hour later you won't have access to anything anymore. We basically turn everything off and that was not the case, you know. So we, we basically had those two months, uh, months that allowed us to, uh, you know, in some ways uh, say goodbye, in some ways to prep us. And um, of course, there was also then the time where you had to pick up your things from the studio. That was extra. I, I think that was for me when it, I mean, it of course sank in, but after that, I was just a little bit in a frenzy and thinking, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? But um, I think when when you went to the the studio and you picked up your things, you know, and you ran into some other people. Of course, everything with masks, right? It had to be all very tightly organized. You, you only certain amount of people, number of people could be in the studio. Certain, you had to, of course, keep your distances, disinfect. And it was all difficult. It wasn't where you could just all get together and hug. Right, this this wasn't possible. Also, another thing that made it really hard uh, in that sense. But yeah, so it was definitely when you when I went to the studio and saw the studio for the last time, ran into a couple of people, and um, yeah, that was definitely a bit of a harder, um, you know, the time where it really sank in. Like this, this, uh, this is it. But um, yeah, it. Uh, you know, the one thing is, though, taking it all from this, what is so cool now, and I, I think that's what everybody's seeing now as well, The now we have all those people that are going into all kinds of different companies. They're all over the world, and it's so... It's so amazing because now I feel like I have um, friends, colleagues, uh, people I have worked with for a long time. They're in all kinds of different places. And it's, uh, you know, we'll know someone everywhere, which is pretty amazing. And the other thing is, um, I also really have to say that the response from the industry was overwhelming. I, I mean, this, uh, I didn't even, you know, sometimes you lose a little bit of, touch with the industry especially when you work so long at a large animation studio i mean 12 years i wasn't even the longest right some people worked there for 20 years or longer it's 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 a long time but this this overwhelming response like from uh people that that contacted me that reached out reached out to people um on linkedin uh, recruiters people everybody um that was something I didn't expect and I really um, was uh, wonderful. You know, that helped a lot at the beginning too. We, we were like, um, you know, you, everybody lost their job, but it was somehow, hey, there, there, there are things out there. There are actually people out there, but we did. And, and also maybe what, what you, know, uh, you know, you did as a person, 
is valuable and is maybe searched for and desired currently in the industry. So, you know, maybe it, it's, there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, you know? And that was something that was really nice, uh, uh that almost started immediately. It was announced in, in public. Yeah, I saw I saw that one on LinkedIn. Suddenly, kind of this this kind of oh, if you're from Blue Sky, come to yeah. us. We hire you and stuff like that. And you can see it everywhere. It it um, it kind of reminded me a little bit when when PDI closed the doors, uh, which was a little bit the same, but not as as big in this case. Uh, again, I always see this this a lot of connections with these two companies because they both created like uh, this like animation like legendary animation films and then in the end they were closed after like enormous amount of time in the industry in this kind of industry which like you know five years is already like uh, five years for 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 a cat or something basically it's definitely like a different a different scale basically you know it's it, that's why it's it's so um incredible to to listen to someone who worked like 12 years at at one company and um And made it like like progressed so much you know you were like every two three years you you kind of jumped to into the next challenge basically into the next position and this is sounds for i think for a lot of people me included definitely uh like something that is aspiring you know kind of to to, to have this kind of a career i definitely was very fortunate to that there were you know people there that um would you know, enable me and allow me to step in those positions. So it was definitely, um, yeah, it was a, a great time at Blue Sky. You know, it was definitely something very special. And I think uh, it, uh, the, and that's the, the whole thing. I always feel like uh, there were so many talented people and uh, I love that they're now going to all kinds of different places and it will be almost like, you know, uh, you're, always going to be probably one or two people that have that are now at some company and that's kind of nice it does that feels good and i'm definitely also somebody it's always a very optimistic and i'm trying you know always to and i honestly as i said it, it has also given me again and uh, that's kind of funny because you said and it's true i definitely changed a lot of into a different a lot of different roles over the years but again it has given me a little bit of a kick in the butt to try something new you know this time it was less of a choice <laughs> But it was definitely something, an, an event that uh, caused me to to change again and do something else again. And uh, sometimes, you know, those most of the time, hopefully, those changes come from within. Sometimes they come from the from the outside, and they are they are um, as valid as the ones inside. And sometimes it is also just again another um, way for new opportunities. I think it depends how you live your life uh, from where it comes. So for some people, it comes most of the time from outside. And uh, so it's, 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 I think it's super important to kind of keep, keep yourself in, in the flow of your, of your career and your life and not just kind of like wait for things to happen or things to push you around or something like that. So what actually, <laughs> actually happened for you like uh, at the end and where are you now? 
Yes, so um, it, it was very interesting. So I definitely had uh, a lot of uh, interviews, talked to a lot of companies. It was very interesting. Uh, and I also have to, to say that uh, all the, the Disney companies, uh, Pixar and Walt Disney Animation, there was definitely a lot of that, um, you know, reaching out and they organized interviews. And there were a lot of people that were, were hired uh, at Pixar and at, at Walt Disney Animation Studios from the, the ex blue sky pool, which is, was really amazing. Uh, for, for me, I, as, as I said, I, I was looking and thinking about what do I want to do? And one of those big things that I really wanted to do is I, I felt like, okay, do I want to go back and basically more focus on the actual rigging and doing aspect? Uh, there, there is something nice about that. There is something that allows you to focus more on your craft. It allows you to focus more on some of those, um, uh, you know, you're just the doing aspects of it. And, and I, I, and being, you know, creative in, in it with, with what you're doing. And I, I, I love that. And I have thought about, is it, is it that I missed it so much that I want to return to that and that I want to do that and maybe start, you know, at, at Walt Disney Animation as a, in the rigging department or, or at Pixar. But, um, I was also thinking, you know, what, what I actually enjoyed the most in the last couple of years was, being in in a position, as I said before, where I can uh, do build something from a different standpoint, not on a uh, you know building a character, but from a standpoint of um, building something that allows a, a lot of people to do their work and and help them do their work, and. Uh, that was something that I really enjoyed and I really liked working in, in that area. I also felt that, um, you know, there, there, there are things where, you know, being, um, having done that, it, it, it is difficult in a lot of ways. You have to deal a little bit more with politics sometimes, right? You don't, you can't avoid that. You also have, um, a lot of more of those, um, sometimes, you know, you, you have to listen a lot and making sure that you, you know, you get, you know, feedback that allows you to do those things. But there, this is a challenge that resonated with me. I, I enjoyed that. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, also was something what I also really liked is doing, you know, and that was something Busquet did. We had different styles, a lot of different styles at the studio. We did the Peanuts movie, right? We did also Ice Age. We also did um, Ferdinand. And at the end, actually, we worked on the Mona, which was a completely different look. And uh, that I really, really liked. And... Um, I wanted to see if I work maybe at in a place where there are a lot of different projects, a lot of different ideas from like different art directions where we can do all of those different things and figure out how we can make that work because I really liked that. And again, going back to that, the Peanuts movie, that's what we dared that we basically had to figure out how do we either reinvent our pipeline or use our pipeline? How can we make something happen that's a little bit outside of the box? And that was something that I really liked. So uh, I, you know, when, when I was offered this, uh, this job as a global 
head of character animation and rigging at uh, Mikro's Animation was really something that felt like right. First of all, it again went into a completely new challenge with global, meaning that they have very, you know, Mikos has different locations. So we have Montreal, we have Paris, and we have Bangalore. And, um, you know, then we have also, because it's with Technicolor, you know, we talk with people in London and, um, you know, all of our other, you know, areas, you know, that, that are basically involved there and and that has been a new perspective for me that I've found very intriguing um just to 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 to, to say the, the least it is challenging and intriguing to me and I I love that and having been on the job now for two months it's just really uh, thrilling and exciting and also meeting a lot of new people new um perspectives and and that is always something I, I loved and I enjoyed the, the most so that seemed and uh, of course I didn't know how it would turn out when I took the job but it seems like it's exactly what I was hoping for and maybe even more and the other thing I, I really thought but was amazing about this this opportunity was that Mikro's animation does so many things right they did the, the Spongebob film um, in, in Europe they did the Asterix movies which which are since since you are from Europe, you you know. <laughs> we know we had this in school for Latin always. It was this example for yeah. uh, if you if you're motivated for Latin, or, or take one of the Asterix and Obelix books, and then you can have at least some fun with Latin. Yes, yeah, and and, it, and that's really exciting. And you know, then in in Bangalore, the, 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 what they are doing is amazing. You know, doing um, so many productions at the same time. So it's it's been really exciting. And, and to see it from that perspective and be involved in, uh, you know, seeing and helping a little bit of also as a, as a person that can help and advise in some areas, maybe sometimes really go a little bit more into it and, and help with uh, structuring or scheduling or, or also, and that's another really cool thing is like looking over the tech technology, especially for rigging in that sense, how we want to work in the future. How can we all work together? What is important for the different locations, for the different productions? That's a really a large, um, uh, amazing opportunity and also challenge to, to navigate. And that that's really, it was something I, I was just thrilling when I when I heard that and so um just talking about it like from the just having spent like a little bit over two months on it uh, it's really really exciting and um of course uh the the other uh really cool thing is currently you know um this this role is remote there is something exciting about it because um I you know I can I will travel in once it's a little easier, right? Um, into the different uh, areas as well. So uh, th that's um, exciting to me as well. Maybe, you know, and also when I go to Paris, you know, can maybe also visit my parents more often in Germany. There's a lot of cool things that are just secondary, not even part of the job, but that were kind of um, exciting to me. So, um, yeah, and it's uh, kind of a, like a new, new adventure. I hope at some point I'll learn a little bit more bring back my fr the French that I used to know very well when I was in school. So far, I'm a little slow on that. Uh, apologies to everybody at Meat Cross that is in the French locations. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a PhD coming here, a second one. 
Maybe in French, who knows? We'll, we will see oh, in, in some years there will be something. Who knows what interest you, you catch up. Um, before we move on to the final section, um, I had like one question of curiosity. Um, you yeah. recently were added as a member of the Academy. Yes, that's correct. What yeah. exactly does that mean? And like, tell, tell me about it because I, I have no clue what it per, per se means. It sounds, it sounds awesome. <laughs> that's the only thing I know. That was uh, super exciting. I actually, it was so funny how I, I found out. So basically, you, uh, two Academy um, members have to, to, um, to sponsor you. And there, there are a couple of things that you have fulfilled in order to qualify. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it can be competitive because I mean, competitive, you I mean, you do have, you basically don't do anything. You just put your name in and two people, if you can get them to recommend you, uh, then you just wait and see what's happening with it. And that was so funny how I found out because I, I literally, um, got uh, contacted by one of my my friends contacted me said congratulations and i'm like huh what, what, what happened <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned out that they announced that they the, that i was accepted which was really cool and what it means is is like well you basically get to vote uh, for the academy awards which is pretty exciting you also can be a part of um, a lot of the mentorship programs that they're doing which is exciting uh, I haven't done that yet because at the you know this year was a little you know challenging <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> so in in the in a lot of ways I, I'm planning on doing that though because that's always been something I was really very uh, excited about um, to just make sure that you know I give something back to the to the next generation and and help also with um, um, maybe you know people that that don't have um the opportunities uh, that that I had so it's it's a uh, really really cool and one of the other things is you know, of course voting for the academy what's is fun you get to see a lot of animation i think i like just for the the short films um because uh you know i i can also vote for the short film category so i got to see like all of those those entries and uh, i mean um it's they, they, you know, you get in some ways assigned, you know, half of them. So that was a lot, um, but it was fun, you know, because you see a lot of stuff that's out there, you know, it's pretty cool. Stuff that somehow, normally you probably have to really gather and look out for, but that that has been really cool. And then you, um, yeah, you, you can vote for it. And uh, I guess at some point when they really have it in person anymore, I could maybe sign up at some point and maybe, maybe get one of those really far behind the, the columns uh, seats. <laughs> the last seat, basically be like yeah. the wall behind you. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I've, I'm generally more. More. In, I mean, that's cool, no, no doubt. But I was uh, definitely. I'm just thrilled because I can be part of that community and and also be part of you know looking at all of this uh, amazing uh, work out there and especially in animation and um, also be part of some of their programs. So it's that's uh, pretty awesome. One of the things, I mean, rigging was your your main your main thing, and uh, you now like more into into lead and head roles. But what would you say is the is are the main skills that you that you I mean, now that you probably pick the riggers or we'll say what, who we want to work with, what are the main skills that you feel like a, a good rigger needs to have? 
Um, I, that's, that's, that's really, um, a good question because I, as I said, I think there are different categories of rigors. Um, I, I think pers personally, you do have to have an affinity for, uh, the more, uh, for the a technical side. I would say, um, even if you decide not to be, you know, very involved in scripting, I think you just have to be un you know, have to understand some of how things come together and how that's technically working. I think that is a good basis. I do think you have to have a good eye. Uh, I think you have to have a good eye for um, how deformations should work, anatomy, and, and knowledge of anatomy. Um, I, I think that is very, very helpful and beneficial. You do, I think, and that's personally my, my personal wish list is um, being collaborative because at the end you are making a tool, and I'm going to say this now really, a tool for uh, another department, animation, and there, there is, you know, if you make something for another department, there's always this, uh, you know, keep in mind this, this, you want to give them the best that they can have. Um, and you want to make it user friendly and you want to probably collaborate with that person that uses it. So you find out what that is and also find out what maybe the things is that are not so important and it's not important to them either because that helps you also to limit the scope a little bit. And I think that that's an, I feel like an important skill that maybe it's not always as specifically mentioned. So what would you say was the most important decision in your career? Because I, f I always feel like you can reverse engineer that a little bit for others. Uh, what would you say was, was the decision that you made from beginning, middle, end, where you felt like that changed a lot of how like, I ended up? Yes. Um, I think I, I would say there are a couple of points. I think... Uh, the first one is realizing that I'm not uh, a great software developer. <laughs> I needed visual and I love 3D animation. So that I, was the, IBM basically was the part. Yes, that was an early point. And then the other point I think um, uh, was being, getting, you know, this, deciding I want to study more at SVA in, in New York and learn it. And that's where I made connections. And also you learned a lot about that stuff. And then the point where I realized, oh, simulation takes long and I'm not patient. You do it, you wait. You do it, you wait. I'm not good <laughs> at that. Uh, I'm I'm better at in immediate feedback. Rigging is great. Combines technical stuff, creative stuff, and immediate feedback. That's my thing. And that was a big change as well for me. So I would say those are those three things that, that made me go on the path that I'm going now. Basically recognizing your own like strength and uh, your own interests basically in a way correct okay um yes what what do you say was the proudest moment of your career oh the proudest moment of my career the proudest moment of my career that's a really good question but there was maybe 
there was definitely one bigger one when I got to go to to Seagraph and have a talk accepted there and talk about uh, the Peanuts movie. That was uh, and it was a, a a huge a huge crowd. I don't know how many people were, but it's like I don't know. It was a huge amount of people there, and that that was uh, was like wow. This this is me now, and I normally used to sit down there and look at that up there. <laughs> you normally help Eddie Murphy to 3D scans in the back yeah. in the back of a truck. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, but I think that's that's also actually from the thing that I've, I probably would say most people know you from, like the Peanuts uh, movie and, uh, for example, the FMX. Uh, definitely, that's where. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of people. I, I saw I saw it on another podcast uh, that where where people were commenting like, "Oh, I saw you at the FMX or I saw your Peanut uh, like like speech," and it's like, "Okay, that's, this is where where you became kind of." Uh, in the public eye a little bit more, I would say, besides all the making offs where you were, where you suddenly appeared. Yeah. Which is funny instead, because it's, it's not something I was really ever aware of, you know, you do those things and then, and, and it doesn't really come up, but in the last couple of months, it came up more because, uh, uh, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people from not within blue sky, but from outside. And then people were saying like, oh yeah, you know, I saw you at Seagrip or I saw you at FMX or I saw, uh, your, your demo of how blue and jewel work from Rio too. And, and that's so funny. I love that in some ways I totally was unaware of that, but that there are people really watching all of this and, uh, that that's kind of fun. So that's uh, definitely something new for me. <laughs> you, you basically emerged out of the of the blue sky hideout after like twelve years, and now like, oh, this is this is the world. Now it looks like this is the sun, kind of. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have a fantastic career, and and it felt very like natural. But is there something that you would do differently? Where you felt if I wouldn't if I wouldn't have done it, or if I would have done it differently, I would would be easier for me it's uh, you know there was one thing that i always thought at the beginning at least i always thought it was uh, like a little bit of a, a regret and that was um you know when i uh, finished my studies at uh, school of visual arts in new york that i basically had to return home and then work there for a while I didn't have a choice at that point because it was part of the requirement to to go back to retain that scholarship, which there was definitely no other option in doing that. Um, but uh, the it's funny because later on I realized that it was probably not uh, um, as I had initially thought a bad thing. It probably wasn't really you know I always thought it was a detour, but it wasn't really a detour. I do believe that. Um, it was something where I realized what I really wanted to do and focused me a little bit on, you know, that I found out that rigging is the right thing for me to do. But also it um, also gave me already work experience, which was then also allowing me to actually um, start at Blue Sky at a different level. Um, not a super high level, I was still a regular rigging TD, right? But it, it, I didn't start out as a runner or as like an intern or, you know, that. So that was also something that I hadn't really realized, but that later on became a little bit more obvious. So in some ways, it used to be a little bit of a, mm, that's felt like a detour. But then 
in some ways it uh, didn't turn out that way. And so maybe that's also sometimes how to, to look at it instead of having like a regret or having said, ah, oh, this should have been different. I think it always allows, it, it enables different opportunities, different ways. And sometimes those are maybe better because they help you maybe figure out something or they uh, allow you to maybe go in a direction that wasn't there before. It reminds me on this, uh, I think Asian, Asian sentence is kind of like um, going the wrong ways, uh, like um, opens up the, like the map, basically, you know, like you, you know what paths are actually in this location because you went in the wrong ways. If you only know one way, you will basically, uh, well, don't, don't even know what the landscape is. Actually, so yes. uh, it's uh, I only know it in German, so I'm trying to to translate it. <laughs> it, it, it so, so I do that all the time yeah. too, <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. Or sometimes it does. <laughs> yeah, I have this with my mom, so she knows all the things in Russian, and she always like she wants to tell me a joke or some like like a typical sentence, and she always has to translate it, and I'm like. Um, this is just just sad, <laughs> you know. It's kind of weird because it's like if you translate some of them, uh, it's like doesn't really make sense, you know. Um, in in That's German, funny. it would be Umwege erweitern die Ortskenntnis. Yeah, yeah. This is the. That's very true. That actually is exactly the detour um, equivalent, right? It's like it's not really a, a detour. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we have a final section that's more personal, mm -hmm. which which I absolutely love. Um, but do you have any final tips for aspiring rigger that you feel like uh, that would be that would be nice? It's also like, I want only these guys. I I think generally. You know, they, they, how can I say it? Generally, there's uh, always an aspect to, and that's probably more for every job, but it's always fantastic, you know, if you're really skilled and you're really good at what you're doing, but you're even better if you can leave your ego behind, if you have one. If you don't have one, great. And everybody probably has a little bit of it, you know? Totally fine, but if you let it overtake you and your work, that, that's where it gets tricky. I think if you are somebody that people want to work with and you know love to collaborate with, that can really catapult you forward. Because I do also think um, it's, it, it's, it's a very collaborative industry. And I think you just increase your your chances if you're somebody that people want to work with so be you know professional be you know nice to people and if you can do that you i think you will go really far because that is one of those really important things and i know this is not specifically for rigging or even the industry but i always see this as um one of those things that uh you know, that is for me, and I think, and I see this all the time, one of those most important things. Yeah, I absolutely agree in that. And I, f I believe uh, you can only um, like grow or g get specific opportunities by other people pushing you. You know, it's, it's yeah. all only like, I remember like when I was applying for, for Weta, it was the same thing. I was like, I needed like references. And I'm I'm not sure if if I had different reference or maybe even probably none or some like very weak ones basically you know like someone from um, I feel like I wouldn't had the chance to work there and I, I feel like also the, because uh, I, I was 
good friends with at least half of the people I was kind of like, and I, I know what, like they, what they wrote, they told me about it a little bit. And, and I was like, oh yeah, this is like super nice. Like it was kind of like, where's this coming from kind of feeling, you know, it's like, yes. uh, like, can you write me a reference? And then they write like a glowing review of your, and it was like, okay, you know, that this is, this is, this is kind of nice, but it also like, this was actually the most important point where I really literally saw how important it is to have, I mean, you don't have to be friends with everyone. It's, uh, this is something no. a little bit dangerous even sometimes when it becomes, you, you can become a pushover or, or unsatisfied because you've always tried to feel the needs of everyone. And some people are really hard to kind of satisfy kind of, but I feel like you, you, like you need some strong ties in the industry and just by as you basically said just by going through it with a like open mentality and friendly mentality and collaborative mentality like i was surprised who i know actually like i yeah. was kind of like oh like I, when I, when they asked me like give, can you give us free references i like you give you five and they're all supervisors and leads and stuff like that and i was like oh yeah this is kind of surprising <laughs> And the industry is small in a lot of ways, you know, because you run into people over and over again and people are switching jobs. So it is really, and, and that's the whole thing is it's exactly, it's not, you don't have to be, and you can't be friends with everybody. That just doesn't work. We are all too different, but you can always be professional. There's no reason to not be professional. And that that's something to remember. And also at the end, and I like to say this sometimes, right? Nothing is, is, that bad or that crucial that it justifies to be, you know, really ugly to somebody. Because at the end, what we're doing is it's uh, entertainment, right? It's it's something that should be fun in the end, at least, <laughs> and hopefully in the making too a little bit. And then the other, and I always like to say, Busque said, "Hey, we are making kids cartoons. Let's bring it all down to this. We don't have to, you know, that that's that's." You know, we, it's not about about life and death right here, you know, so let's stay all, you know, professional. And I think that's something everybody can do. And I just have to sometimes maybe bring it, uh, and I do this constantly too, and just like, if, you, if I get excited about something a little bit too much, I just have to think, you know what, I'm passionate and passion is good, but still, you know, I'm, I also have to bring myself to the point where I say, but... You have to be professional. That's extremely important because um, you don't want to, you want to be treated that same way as well. Yeah, I love that. I was, I was instantly thinking like, can you bring me into your department? I would like to work for you. <laughs> this is always like, you know, like so if I hear someone, this, I, I remember I had this multiple times with some people where I'm like, I want to work for this guy. I want to work for this woman. You know, it's like. <laughs> I think you have to interview some people that were in my department. I hope they're going to give me <laughs> a good review too. <laughs> they will watch it and then, then they will comment under the video and they will tell, tell, the, tell the truth, basically. Um, no, but that's fantastic. I, I, I love the, the, the final idea here. Um, so we are coming now to actually one of my favorite parts. Um, it is, uh, I, I found, I, I really like this... Um, connection that I built with people all over the podcast. It is something I really enjoy. And so for me, always, it's important to know a little bit about the person themselves. So it started with questions about whiskey and stuff. So we're, uh, we're coming, coming back. Of course, it's a little bit personalized, but, um, but we're coming back. So it's just 10 questions, quick ones. Uh, so just kind of get to get a little bit to know you better and understand a little bit the character behind 
um, that career. Okay, so first one, biggest inspiration, living, that, or fictional? Biggest inspiration. For yourself or career, that's that's absolutely fine. So you can talk about yourself, that's, uh, that's the idea here. Whew. Oh, that's a diff difficult one. Biggest inspiration. By the way, this is something everyone's like, uh, they, they, they thought the tips part is complicated, but this is actually the, the hardest part is, of the whole podcast. The part <laughs> because there are so, so many things, right, that, that are like, um, uh, and if it's, if it's, a, if it, it, it does it have to be, it's a person or does it have to be a person yeah. or is it just anything? Living, dead or fictional. Living dead or fictional. If Luke Skywalker influenced you, then Luke Skywalker. <laughs> it's like I, it's 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 kind of uh, interesting because I would say, and it's the biggest. There are always different inspirations. I think during lifetime, but I I would say that one of the initially at, at my career, one of the biggest inspirations, and I brought it up before, right, was the um, um, the the for the birds, the 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 those those Pixar shorts they were a huge inspiration for me um as well as you know the Miyazaki uh, movies and and I I literally um it's it's kind of and this is a more on the professional area that would bring me into into that I you know into this industry and and really inspire me to like I want to do that, you know, I, I want to do that. So that that's kind of what I would say in, in that area to, to keep it sh short. <laughs> so not like, like, okay, the first, second, third. Okay. Um, okay. We accept that. Uh, um, favorite quote. Oh, favorite quote. I'm so horrible with quotes. <laughs> uh, the, the German is accepted. We, I have to do a subtitle then. <laughs> Um, favorite quote. By the way, guys, this is, this is now like uh, probably the next two hours of the podcast where we discuss this last final 10 question. And is it, is it a, does it, is it a quote that somebody has said or a proverb? Hit me. Okay. Maybe, I mean, like there's definitely in the film business, there is one that I actually use somehow say a lot. Um, and I, I think it is a quote from, I have to really think who, who said that, but I, um, it's the, the, the famous one, um, nobody knows anything. <laughs> I, I actually, it's very true in a lot of ways, not only in the film industry, but especially, um, but, um, the other one I like to say a lot, and it's a really easy translation from the German one, uh, which is, ich habe die Weisheit nicht mit Löffeln gefressen. <laughs> and it basically is, I haven't, I didn't eat wisdom, um, you know, and, and now I'm all knowing. And it's a difficult one to translate, but uh, the, the way it means it's just that um, everybody, you know, doesn't, you know, if you propose something or you say something might work, it um, absolutely, I don't know if it will. I don't never know until, unless I try and then learn from the mistakes. So it's not that I have this wisdom inherently is 
you know, I'm born with it and I know it and I'm almighty and know it all because I don't and uh, nobody really does. So even if I propose something, it's probably gonna, uh, there's gonna be a learning process involved in it and it will take time until we get it right. So it never goes. That that's pretty much what I would say. Mm. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I was. I had this conversation in Vienna when I was working there. Is like uh, I was saying from Stromberg, hätte hätte Fahrradkette, um, mm -hmm. and and then and, uh, my colleagues were asking what this means. Is like uh, like. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, literally, you cannot translate it. That's literally untranslatable. You can like explain it, but you cannot translate it. It doesn't really make sense in any case. So, um, yeah, but but I feel like that's this is the idea basically of the question. It's kind of it shows you a lot of motivation and stuff like that, and that's what what I like about that. But it, it's it's so fun because a lot of times, um, like some of that, you're like, oh my god, what? Yeah. Um, so I hope the next one is easier. So the next one okay. is favorite movie. Oh, favorite movie? That's not easier because that's, there are way too many guys, movies guys, out guys, there. Guys, I, to, I told you this will be the so, next two hours. <laughs> okay, but I'm gonna tell you the one that I, I'm sure, and all my friends at that point in time, uh, and if I still ask them, they probably are gonna say how excited I was. So the Lord of the Rings movies, when they came out, and I'm not saying this is my favorite movie of all times, but I just can tell you that at, when they came out, I was so excited. I was beyond excited. Um, I had my ring with me, you know, my golden ring, and I, I was just excited. And um, so that, I would say, is um, maybe not my, you know, there are definitely movies that um, and they are not necessarily in the, um, you know, uh, in in the more you know special effects kind of type of films um but uh for example i really 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 loved uh, uh song of the sea uh just a beautiful animated movie but um i really was so excited when this came out so that is still in my head how excited i was and how sad i was when it ended and I had read all the books and I, you know, I was extremely sad when this ended too. But then I was again extremely sad when the movies ended because, you know, after the, the third one, there's just no next one. And what am I going to now go to the movies for? So it was definitely one of those things where I was uh, still remembering where I was when I watched it, with who I watched it and how I felt when I watched it. And I think that makes it one of a, a really big movies for me if i can still remember that mm -hmm. yeah totally i also had by the way i also had the ring and and uh, the chain and then you know, like <laughs> it's, it sounds totally silly nowadays but uh, yeah that was that was a thing <laughs> yes yeah so okay next one should be easier <laughs> hopefully favorite place to live favorite place to live well right now i really like to live where I'm kind of right now, a little bit, you know, north north of uh, uh, Manhattan, um, a little bit more currently uh, in in uh, nature, so I have a little, you know, a little bit more space. Uh, however, it's it's a difficult one because I would say maybe my favorite, if I could pick from wherever I wanted to be, maybe my favorite place would be. 
in the south of France or if I wouldn't have any like you know you know kind of ties to my family in Germany so that's not gonna I would love to live in Japan oh yeah I mean I think think we're probably all influenced by animes and culture from there like yeah. they're so amazing it's actually one of my goals next year Japan and New Zealand to to go there I was never there both uh like COVID uh, hindered me on New Zealand and Japan was always like out of budget basically uh so i absolutely can totally relate like sova france uh, i already lived it yes yeah so i can ask you about it <laughs> yeah, i can send you pictures later <laughs> yeah no that's awesome I, i mean that's of course you know because it's actually close to you know family and it is also you know you have beach you have better that's nice i love france um food and everything but japan i actually i went i got to go finally um uh, uh, just before the pandemic actually uh the the the, the year before the pandemic and uh for three weeks and it was uh, gorgeous it also depends on which time you go you know if you if you really want the cherry blossom thing it's very short time actually where you can actually go and so uh yeah we'll see we'll see yeah that's something you can definitely recommend me something maybe yes <laughs> okay um we talk about living so one thing you cannot live without internet okay man this was easy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that was fast that was fast <laughs> Okay, another one. Um, what's your hidden talent? I used to sing in the youth choir at the opera in my hometown. And I sang in, in that choir until I was maybe 18, 19, 20, I think around that time. So I would say that that classical opera singing and no i'm not gonna do it now um that uh, maybe was uh, my my hidden talents that not many people know <laughs> we need like a making off or something section where we like <laughs> testing things how far would you succeed in who wants to be a millionaire so if you would play in the game today how far would you came oh german version it's okay I would, I don't think I would get too far. I, I think maybe the, the reason probably is that I am not a gambler. I'm bad at it. Not, not a sense of like, I'm just a personality type that is like, ah, I don't know if I should do it. Is it bad? You know, from a standpoint of like, um, will I know the next question? Will I know it? I don't know. You know, and I don't, it's more of this like, um, Maybe, you know, I'm gonna stop here because who knows <laughs> what this is. So it's just this type. And I think um, from a standpoint of knowing the questions, I mean, they're definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm not super great at the, like... Life trivia. The, yes, I'm not good at it. So I don't think I would make it very far. And if I made it into the middle field, I would be too too worried to even go and do it because I would feel very um, like worried that, you know, okay, I, I got this, so <laughs> I don't want to risk it. <laughs> My precious, you know, don't, yeah, don't take exactly. it away. I want it. Yeah. It's like, but secondary question to that, who would, who would you add to the phone call? Because you can have a phone joker. Who would you pick for your phone joker? Oh, 
I think that would be my dad. I would add my dad. So second last question. One thing you would like to do before you die. It's very, very grim already. <laughs> we're now, uh, we're now going down. One thing I would like to do. Oh, that's very interesting because um, I would have before, like two years ago, I would have probably said going to uh, Japan, <laughs> but now I did that. <laughs> That's, so that's that, the problem that's of life. You try to catch it up. Yes. So that one is done. I think um, before I die, what would I want to do? Um, I... I think I would like to... And it's kind of, again, kind of a little bit in the travel realm. I think I would definitely like to maybe see um, a little bit more of some areas I haven't been to. And one of them, I mean, I've always been very interested in, in Asia. So I think I would love to see maybe, you know, one day to, to see China. And, uh, not, well, China is big, so but at least to see some some areas there that um, um, are just impressive and um, something that, you know, you don't experience as much when, you know, only see on TV. But I, I think that would be kind of something very uh, I'm interested in. I, I did go to South Korea once. So I, I have South Korea and at least visited and, and Japan. So I think China is definitely on there. And um, then India, so though this is kind of the, the, the what I what I feel like would be nice to just see that and, and experience it in person, because it is uh, I'm interested in cultures and in different cultures, and it is just something I um, I feel like you only get when you really go there and ideally live there for a while. But I don't think that's gonna probably happen. But at least visit and. Um, you know, experience some of that. But but yeah, no, it's, it's, that's fantastic. I also kind of like super interested in Asia, I mean, Japan and all the others. Uh, but by the way, I just saw something really interesting at this, this trade, which I really like with uh, experienced like supervisors and, and leads. You don't get rushed by anything. And that's what I what I like because you take you took your time to, to get formulate the answer, and I think that is something I think you learn through time, um, because I yes. mean like you know like the spotlight is on you and stuff like that, and you're like, I want to give you a proper answer, so I will give you a proper answer. So I take my time. I really like that. I feel like this is something uh, <laughs> everyone should learn uh, somewhere in their life to in, in moments that are important to kind of like okay. I will give you the answer when I have the answer, basically. I kind of, I kind of like that. Well, I also know you can cut it later. <laughs> no, I, I will totally put put it in, and then I will put a, a Jeopardy music over it. That's right. That's a great idea. I like that. <laughs> okay. Now, final question. Okay. 
what alternative career would you aspire to if it wouldn't be rigging or specifically animation? Oh, yes, uh, um, very good question. And I think it would be an academic career. Which direction? Like specific? Uh, I probably would want to maybe still go. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think um, there, there was a, a point in time when I actually uh, wanted to go completely different direction, but I, I think I right I, now I could totally see it to, to do a more film studies area. I would enjoy that. Uh, that would be really great. Um, and uh, if, uh, I mean, there was a point in time after my, my high school where I did seriously consider uh, studying chemistry. Yeah. Okay, that that was surprising. Film? Okay, yeah, but that was it. No. <laughs> but I did not do that. And you know what? In the end, I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I think it worked out better for what I, I was doing, what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, and, and I feel like this is uh, like looking at your career and listening to you. Uh, it sounds like that's something also that is perfect for you. Like, you know, having this kind of, of 12 years at, at Blue Sky and before, and now, of course, it continues and still growing and still enjoying. And I think that's something uh, like what, what I, I love what you said is kind of still um, like keeping this in relative forms and also keeping it in a, in a funny way, being positive, be more optimistic instead of like too much in this whole like rat race or uh, work work environment. And I feel this is something super important. I think it's also the only way you can sustain um, so long and grow so continuously without burning up on one side yeah. and still don't be like a pessimist or something like that per se. And I mean, I think I'm pretty sure it, it shines through even the camera that you're super optimistic about what you do. And now yes, you're, you're working globally <laughs> even now. So you are yeah, now that's unstoppable. super exciting. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really excited. It's going to be uh, just a, you know, an amazing new challenge. And in some ways, and I again, I, I'm really, really fortunate and and thankful of how how you know it turned out because it it definitely is. Uh, it was a you know, a pretty big change you know in in your life to basically now, oh, now I have to think about something else um, because that's basically something that um, was forced upon you in some ways. But uh, as I say, said, I actually think it maybe was the exact right thing at the right time that now allows me to do something um, uh, still close to what I did before, but even a, a little bit of a step up in terms of challenge, you know, now on with the global team. So that is uh, actually really exciting to me. That's it with this week's episode of the 21 Artist Show. Thank you so much for watching and listening. This podcast is 100% ad-free. And to keep it that way, check out my website, 21artistshow.com. There you can find exclusive access to awesome masterclasses and coaching opportunities to work successfully in visual effects, animation, and games. Just go to 21artistshow.com. And don't forget to share it with people who would benefit from that content and tell them they're awesome. See you on the next episode. Next on the 21 Artist Show.
It happened to me a lot, actually, when I was teaching, I had a lot of students who came to me and they did not want to use references because they felt that they were not creative enough because they were, some, they were using something that exists. And they felt that they were trapped into something. And again, just to, just to jump back on that is that basically, you need to have um, boundaries. You need to have borders at the beginning. You need to make sure that you restrain yourself to learn something that is uh, let's say the grand truth, something that actually exists. So later on, you can you can you can expand on that, and uh, you can feel free.